we're not really uh, capturing the actual atmosphere. It's always the perception. Welcome to the Pixel Paper Podcast, a series where we get to know the creative processes behind up-and-coming digital artists. My name is Noor, graphic designer and work-in-progress artist, and I'll be your host for this series. In today's episode, we have someone who was actually my former university classmate. Diana is studying her master's in architecture at Manchester School of Architecture. We dive deep into art philosophies and perceptions whilst talking about Diana's dissertation and generally just having a discussion on the overlap between art, architecture and atmosphere. I think deep thinkers will really like this episode, so sit back, get comfy and enjoy. Hi Diana, how are you? Hi, good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So for the benefit of our audience, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Diana Urstakiano from Romania, but moved to the UK about five years ago uh, to study architecture. Um, and I'm currently doing my master um, at Manchester School of Architecture. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. So Diana and I, uh, we went to, we attended the same bachelor's degree together. So that's how I know of Diana. And I remember when I used to see your work in studio, I was always so in awe of your work. I mean, it's just so creative and colourful. And I think that also comes across in your digital illustrations as well. So could you tell us a bit more about your work? Yeah, well, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. And yeah, <laughs> to be honest, my my work used to be really colourful, uh, especially in first and second year of uni. Uh, it kind of changed, <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, well, about my work, um, I kind of, uh, it sounds quite cliche, but I've always been drawing ever since I was uh, small. So um, I used to um, experiment with a lot of techniques, uh, but mostly uh, analog. Uh, so I used uh, pencils, uh, ink, watercolor, colored pencils, acrylic tempera, um, quite, quite a lot, but uh, it, it used to be really colorful and I feel like it still is. Uh, I kind of slowed down when I uh, joined uh, architecture school, but uh, still I feel like uh, because I started uh, drawing more digitally on the iPad, uh, I have this freedom with to uh, still add a lot of color. Um, and yeah, about a year and a half ago, uh, I started to uh, use the iPad more often. Uh, up until then, I was mostly using analog and um, using that for both uni and uh, my personal work. Um, but kind of ever since I started uh, doing digitally, I also started to share and I created the Instagram page uh, that you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, how I would describe uh, my uh, work up until now. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I mean, this was a question that I had later on, actually, but I think we can just bring it in now. Um, you mentioned that your work kind of slowed down in a way in terms of colour because you started your architecture degree. So, I mean, 
do you feel that architecture in a way limits your creative potential for example in color choices and do you think that there's a way to strike a balance uh to be honest i feel like it does in terms of color but in terms of creativity i don't think so i mean i'm just i feel like here i'm just talking about architecture school because in practice the answer is yes i feel like uh it's it's sort of different uh if we're thinking about architecture school and uh practice but yeah in terms of color i feel like there is some sort of limitation but uh not necessarily uh a bad thing i feel like as i said in the beginning uh in first and second year i used to uh have uh really colorful plants and uh Actives and all sorts of drawings, but uh, as time has passed, um, I feel like it's just become more controlled um, rather than uh, diminished uh, the the color uh, choices. You know, I feel like it's just more controlled, um, and it can be limited uh, to some extent. But uh, it's it depends how you view it. For example, uh, especially. Uh, after a while of you know looking at uh, drawings and how things are done, uh, because there is this limitation, you can use it in your advantage to create really powerful images, and you can still use the uh, only one, only a few colors in your uh, drawings to produce something uh, really amazing. Right. So it's kind of like maturing. In a way. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely something that I think is quite uh, relevant and correct, perhaps, because even for myself, like I can now you've said it, like I'm reflecting on my first year versus my third year of architecture school. And like, yeah, you, there's definitely a kind of more mature perspective to color and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's that's cool, actually. But having said that, your digital art is very colorful and very kind of, you know, wild and it's got these really warm vibes. So what inspires and influences your digital art? Yeah, uh, well, the thing is with um, digital art, uh, because you have unlimited uh, resources for, for color, you know, like it, it's quite tempting in a way. Uh, and um, because I'm in a stage where I'm still exploring digital art, I feel like it's the same thing as it happened with architecture in a way, you know, like I'm really tempted to use so many colors, but in a way it's not necessarily uh, what I want at the minute, you know, uh, but still, you know, uh, with the colors that I'm using, I'm trying to communicate something to the viewer. So uh, in some cases they're used on purpose uh, to, uh, transmit an emotion or you know just to emphasize to, to emphasize the uh, environment that I'm producing mm. Mm -hmm. and most of your color palettes are quite warm so you mentioned yeah. that you want to communicate something through color so is there a reason why most of the time you're using warm color palettes yeah I feel like they just create uh, a cozier environment mm. and most of the times that's what they want to uh, encapsulate like just to uh, to capture a moment, an intimate moment, and uh, transmit that to to, to my followers. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I can definitely see like the, the intimacy in, in the work that you're producing. And more often than not, the characters in your artwork are women and the characters yeah. also don't have faces. So is there a reason behind this? Uh, it's funny <laughs> because um, as any architecture student or architect is going to say, I don't really know how to, to draw people. <laughs> so most, most of the times I'm using people just to emphasize that moment that I'm creating and to kind of use them in that, like just to animate the space really, not necessarily to uh, focus on them, but sometimes it does happen to that uh, the character that I'm bringing in the image, uh, it's actually the uh, focus of that uh, illustration, but you know, the faceless um, women that I'm using are, so I'm not really, really good at drawing um, figures and uh, the, all the facial expressions that they have. So, and in, in a way, I'm not even trying to do that. Um, you know, I'm just trying, as I said, to uh, complement the environment rather than focus the attention on them. But, you know, because <laughs> because I started getting uh, commissions, uh, sometimes I include a few, but uh, still try to uh, limit that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I was going to say, so do you come up with the space first before you come up with the character? Or is it kind of, how does it work when you're coming up with these pieces? I feel like firstly, I'm just thinking about what I want to communicate and what I want to capture. But most of the times uh, the environment comes first and then I try to uh, to choose uh, a person or, you know, just to uh, explore the position of, of the character in that space in order to emphasize it. Yeah, most of the times it's the environment and the feeling. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that the character kind of it's kind of like a not an afterthought but you're just kind of putting the character there to animate the space because for me at least when I'm looking at your work the character is the first person I'm the first thing I'm drawn to really in the oh, really? in the composition yeah so it's for me like the background is almost secondary you know like the character's kind of where the story is mm -hmm. and the setting is kind of just helping that story if that makes sense mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's it's really interesting what you said. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you said that. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of expecting, in a way, to do that, mainly because you're looking at uh, looking the uh, character from the space before observing what's around that person. And, you know, I'm kind of drawn to look at that when looking at other um, person's work, just to, just because I feel like it's an instinct rather than, yeah, it's it's an instinct. But in in a way, I feel like that's another reason why I don't uh, I don't add uh, facial expression to to the characters. Like I feel like I want people to think that they're in that environment and. You know, rather than uh, kind of uh, show uh, how that person interacts with the space. Mm -hmm. That's almost kind of like filling in the blank as well. Like 
you know, you're mm-hmm. leaving some room for the viewer to kind of interpret what expression the person has. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You do as well a lot of traditional art. You know, I mean, if you scroll down like all the way to the bottom of your feed, I can see that. <laughs> and I still remember seeing this on my Instagram feed. Um, there's these drawings of shells and things. Yeah. And like yeah. flowers. They're just so gorgeous and like really, yeah. they're so beautiful. And I wanted to know how traditional art contributes to your digital practice. I feel like it's, a, it's quite a tricky question because um, in a way I was so used to drawing uh, on paper and kind of feeling that texture. Uh, but a lot of the skills that I use in digital art are just uh, somehow an adaptation of the, the ones that I uh, use on paper. In a way, it's quite tricky to say exactly what's what, because I kind of follow the, the process that I uh, would follow if I was to draw paper, you know, it's exactly the same, the same um, process. Uh, but I feel like even the loose sketch that I do uh, at the beginning uh, it's kind of influenced by, by the uh, analog technique that I use on paper. Um, and also maybe um, because I used to um, use uh, colored pencils or watercolor uh, on paper, I feel like building up the color on paper is kind of reflected on uh, the digital drawing as well. So I feel like I still kind of use that, but it's, it's, you know, it's in a way really similar, but at the same time, completely different than uh, what you would do on paper, because you don't have, I feel like you have more control on, uh, on the iPad uh, with the colors, with the uh, watercolor brushes than you do on paper. So. I feel like the, the skills are uh, from the analog, but they're just uh, kind of adopted to the, to the um, digital ones. Mm, right. So when you are starting a digital piece, do you start off with a sketch or how does the workflow kind of go? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it depends. Um, if it's a personal uh, illustration that I'm doing or a commission, because but but to be honest, they are quite similar. Um, usually, I start with an idea, uh, with a feeling or you know, an environment that I have in my mind or uh, the inspiration that I got from somewhere. Um, and if it's a commission, then obviously the uh, client has has a brief for that. Um, but usually it's just a concept uh, and then I'm either starting to do a few sketches or look for inspiration. Uh, It's either um, on Pinterest or on my other uh, pieces that I did before. Or, you know, if, if the client says, oh, I really liked this drawing, can you do something similar? Then, you know, I would. And then I feel like the sketch is one of the most important uh, things that I do. Uh, I really do 
do a really loose sketch um, and try the colors as well. Uh, but you know, nothing is defined at, at that stage. Uh, and after I decide on the composition, then I move forward to uh, drawing on top of the sketch um, and uh, try to define each element and then add color uh, and uh, shading, texture, uh, light, and then uh, final touches at the end. Mm -hmm. And do you do the sketches on paper or on digital paper? <laughs> I feel like at the beginning I used to do them on paper, uh, on physical paper, but uh, now I'm just kind of just uh, using the iPad to do them. And in a way, it's quite uh, good to do that because uh, then you can just draw on top of it and still maintain the proportions that you did on the sketch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you feel like in a way, just get starting straight on the iPad is kind of maybe hindering the process or affecting it in a different way than if you had started physically? Mm. It's a good question. Um, it can be limited in a way if you start on iPad, just because I feel like when I'm doing something on paper, it's more fluid and some sort of impulse of drawing, where if you start on iPad, because you have all these tools to help you do um, the drawing more, more practically, you know, you have the, you can use the line to be uh, really straight and then uh, erase, you know. Uh, I feel like it's more impulsive and to do, to do it on paper. So in a way, I feel like and be limited, but that's probably something that I started to uh, not care that much. You know, when trying to do a sketch on, on iPad, I'm not trying to make it perfect from the beginning and just trying to do what I would do um, on paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the reason I ask that is, of course, like in architecture school, they tell you don't jump straight into SketchUp or Revit or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, you should start with a model and you should start with like, you know, just random sketches or whatever, you know, just start analog before you jump into digital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And your backgrounds, um, are they inspired from real life or like, are they from pictures online? How do you find the inspiration for your backgrounds? Mm, both. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I just, as I said, if I have an image in my head, oh, I want to do uh, something that has a lot of plants or has, uh, I don't know, for, for one background that kind of, uh, I remember really clearly was um, the one with, um, from Love Week. I don't know if you remember the, mm -hmm. the series, but I had yeah. Uh, yeah. like six. Yeah, so mm -hmm. for, for the one called Love uh, Your Heritage, I had a clear image in my mind of how that space would look like. Um, but then, yeah, 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 it was a traditional bedroom. Um, so I kind of had a clear image in my mind, but then I kind of started doing research on all the patterns and, you know, trying to 
um, to look for inspiration that I can use for that environment. Other times, uh, it just happens in a way to uh, see a picture and uh, to really like the setting and then use that as a base and then develop uh, it and reinterpret it in, in my way in drawings. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And do you focus subconsciously or consciously on perspective and on like kind of the architectural aspects of backgrounds? Well, I feel like I do, but not all the time. Um, sometimes it depends. I feel like it depends on the drawing. Because uh, obviously if you have um, an interior, uh, I would really focus on trying to maintain uh, the perspective. But other times, uh, not really. But I think so. It kind of brings uh, a level of honesty in a way. Um, how that image would <laughs> look like in a way. And you know, if it's if the perspective is not really there, you would kind of notice that. Or at least I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. that's that's fair enough. Because I mean some I feel like sometimes maybe if we're so focused on the perspective we kind of forget the intent of the image. So that's why I was wondering mm-hmm. your take on it. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel like it's you know, it's uh, quite important to maintain that, but you know, not exactly to the point where you're just really focusing on on the perspective. I mean sometimes I uh, kind of change it just a bit just to make it look a bit better, you know, like but you know that there is an impulse there, I think, to to make it look at its in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like you this may sound like a strange question, but do you put your emotions into your work? Yeah. 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 I feel like uh, yeah. Uh one hundred percent I feel like yeah. Um I feel like it kind of has to do with how I treat drawing in a way. Um, like growing up, I feel like I used to draw whenever I was feeling uh, really happy or really sad or you know, kind of constantly drawing. Uh, and it's it is a way of expressing. Uh, so I feel like that's why I always try to put a lot of emotion and uh, into into the drawings. So let's um, maybe go back to the architecture aspect. You're currently doing your master's, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're doing your thesis on the role of perception in the representation of atmosphere. <laughs> Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not uh, only uh, the perception, but mostly about the role of atmosphere in drawings. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm kind of really looking at the perception in one chapter as well. Uh-huh. And has this journey contributed to your digital art journey at all? Uh, I think so, but to be honest, I haven't really made a lot of uh, a lot of illustrations lately because of the uni work. Uh, but 
<laughs> in a way, I can I can see how it can influence me. But I feel like when I chose the topic, uh, I was really inspired by what I was seeing in uh, other people's uh, work and also what I'm trying to achieve. So I feel like the research that I did. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's going to influence what, what I'm doing. Um, there's, there are quite a lot of uh, things that I realized when doing this research. So um, a lot of the exercises that I um, did uh, to, to gain information um, are going to contribute to to the digital illustrations that I'm going to do from now mm-hmm. on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it does, you know, mm-hmm. in the future, definitely. Um, who do you go to for artistic inspiration? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure if I necessarily go to a certain artist or, you know, um, what I did probably when I started uh, doing digital illustrations was to look at a lot of tutorials, but in a way, I'm, I was more interested in the technique rather than the composition. So I feel like now when I'm looking or you know, looking for inspiration, I'm trying to analyze the technique that they used. Uh, I have quite a few, and <laughs> I might send you if you want uh, the names from Instagram for, for a few, but. Um, in terms of actual inspiration for for the artwork, uh, it's mostly just Pinterest, and uh, sometimes it just happens, <laughs> you know, to have this uh, image in my head that I want to produce. Uh, it's kind of a combination. Is there any? I mean, the inspiration doesn't have to just be like digital artists; like they can be anyone. Is there anything in particular? Or any one in particular? Mm. Like architects, musicians, writers, I mean, any anyone really. I mean, there are quite a lot, but they're quite different in a way. So if we're talking about architecture, um, I really love Lipskin and I kind of, uh, analyzed his drawings as well. Like they're so, so free and so rigid in a way, which is so interesting to to, to analyze. Uh, but then, in terms of um, artwork, uh, I feel like I don't. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't really have a lot of people in my mind at the moment. <laughs> but uh, there is. Um, my uh, teacher from high school that, you know, I really admire her, her work. Um, and I kind of really like to, to look at her drawings and, uh, you know, she, she was kind of the person that taught me how to, to draw. So, you know, and, uh, it's quite nice to look back and see what, how she uses that knowledge in her own work. Um, but then, you know, there are quite a lot of um, 
pages that I follow on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they really inspire me. Mm-hmm. And how do you use that inspiration in your work? I feel like, you know, as I said, maybe through the technique rather than the composition. So uh, I kind of just, you know, look look at their, their work uh, and try to uh, understand what, why, they've, why they've done uh, a certain detail and then maybe try to reinterpret that in my way and use that in my work. Because to give you, uh, to, kind, to kind of give you an example, um, when I, at the beginning, uh, when I started um, to draw digitally, I used to watch a lot of YouTube uh, tutorials from God. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, but that was probably uh, a person who kind of inspired me to uh, really um, kind of construct the object and the light and the shading. So that was one moment when I started to add more depth into mm. my illustrations. Uh, How do you spell his name? G A. All, I think, as mm-hmm. something. Okay, I mean, we'll, I can send we'll it to you. The, yeah, I'll put yeah. it in the show notes anyway. So, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So that like helped you to make more realistic drawings, let's say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for the mm-hmm. rendering part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And would you say when you're analyzing someone else's drawing, that's more of a mental process like it's something that you just kind of do when you're scrolling or something yeah or it's more of a physical like you sit down and analyze things no i feel like it's mostly mental you know uh, sometimes i do the physical one but in a way i don't know i feel like mentally it's sometimes uh, the easier uh, option yeah. yeah yeah of course of course no that's cool i mean there's been a few artists who have when I've interviewed them, they've said like they, um, you know, do master studies of painters or whoever. And I think, I think it's interesting because I've never done that. So I, I think mm-hmm. it's a cool, um, it's definitely a good way of, of learning. Definitely. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, actually, yeah, I talked to a few friends as well and they used to do that. But I don't know. Uh, I feel like in a way, you would need to kind of allocate that time. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That, yeah, at the moment, as I said, I feel like it's a bit uh, tricky, but mm-hmm. I might try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's interesting you mentioned that because I feel like now that I'm working, and maybe you you feel the same as a kind of a graduate student, um, you kind of feel like there's not enough time to learn. You kind of just need to do, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I, I actually do. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's kind of hindering maybe the process of making art? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I would kind of allocate more on just more time to understand how to do 
things correctly in a way. Well, I feel like I kind of, because now I remember, uh, you know, when <laughs> I was saying that, no, I don't really analyze. I did this exercise for my dissertation because um, I had 14 participants for, for a drawing experiment and I'm doing, I'm testing the, how they perceive the atmosphere. And now, uh, I mean, in the last few days, I was just analyzing visually and actually marking on their drawings uh, how they represented the atmosphere. And in a way, you know, it's, it's such a, a useful thing to do just to understand the image and the composition and maybe the reason also. So, you know, it's, it's a good practice that I feel like you should do at least a few times to understand how to, how to view uh, a drawing. So, you know, I feel like I would probably dedicate a bit of time to, to do that with yeah. Artists. Um, That's cool. I mean, how do you, just out of curiosity, how do you mark the perceptions? No, wait, how do you mark the, yeah, the perception in someone's drawing or the perception of atmosphere? Yeah. Okay, so for, for this uh, exercise that I did, um, I kind of asked them to describe uh, an image uh, from a place that I already, like, I, I took the picture and I know how that place was at that time um, and uh, ask them to describe the picture using um, um, a set of words like uh, the words that I used are from sensory notation uh, and uh, you know we because I gave them that image and those words it's a bit easier to Kind of see how they view that space but at the same time because i did this method uh, it can be quite subjective just because um, obviously when you think about atmosphere it's not only visually uh, it implies more, more senses so in a way it, it might not be that uh, conclusive as, as i wanted to just because they need to uh, use some sort of recalling memory to uh, attribute sounds and feelings and um, smells to to just a visual image, <laughs> if that makes sense. But I feel like that's that's how I, I use like just compare the image and the words and then mm. the drawing. Mm -hmm. and that's interesting. Just you say that. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. You say that because more often than not. Especially now, it's it's plan plan April. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. So it's basically in April, um, artists participate in a draw in a drawing challenge, um, of like plan air drawings. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So that's this whole challenge that's been going around on Twitter and Instagram, and more often than not, the artists draw from reference so they draw from photos they draw from this website called map crunch which just takes you to random places on the globe and it's interesting because they've not they don't have that visual that sorry that memory recall that you were talking about you know they don't know what it smells like they don't know what it feels like but they're still drawing it so my question is do you think it's still possible to recreate the atmosphere without actually being there 
I mean, not really. I mean, the real atmosphere, probably not, <laughs> but their perception, yes. Um, their perception of the space, definitely, yes. But I mean, to be honest, yeah, uh, no, no, because I was just going to say that uh, in a way what I'm also describing um, in my dissertation is that, again, I feel like it depends what you're kind of comparing it to. Uh, because if you're like the atmosphere from a place can't really be uh, encapsulated in anything, like just because it's it's you know it's unique, so in a way you don't really have anything to compare to, um, and especially because uh, you know you you can be um, you can see a thing uh, in the morning, but then in the afternoon it it can be completely different just because the light hits in a different way, just because, uh, you know, it's busier or uh, it's, you know, all sorts of uh, factors. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask my last question, which I've asked to everyone. Mm -hmm. And that is, remember a time you were stuck in a deep creative rut? How did you break free? Well, most of the times when this happens, I just take a bit of time off just to disconnect from anything. I mean, I feel like sometimes this can even be just frustration that something doesn't you know, doesn't come uh, as you would expected it to be. Uh, but yeah, probably just taking a bit of time off or uh, I started doing that as well, um, just starting something new. Um, you know, if it's a drawing, uh, a digital illustration or anything, just starting something new, but without thinking of anything. It just kind of living it. Uh, Do you mean starting a new drawing? Yeah, like just starting it without a concept, without anything, just just drawing. <laughs> Maybe you'll have some sort of inspiration from there. I think that's how like these two options uh, kind of work for me. Mm. I think that's kind of cool because it's kind of like what you described is basically disconnecting but in two different ways. So one is you're yeah. literally disconnecting and the second one is you're disconnecting from your thinking brain and you're kind of just exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even if they're just lines, or you know, they don't, uh, they don't mean anything. It's still some sort of inspiration if you, uh, if you look at in a particular way. Mm -hmm. And I guess even like later on, it could be inspiration, even if it's not inspiration now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a great discussion, Diana. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it was really nice talking to you. I hope you took something away from that really interesting and kind of philosophical art discussion. For me, I started reflecting more on the deeper meaning behind the artwork. How can I instill stronger emotions through analyzing photo references? And what message do I want to leave for the viewer? It was also just really nice to speak to a fellow colleague about art and architecture. 
With that, I'll see you next week for another episode of the Pixel Paper Podcast.